No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ezekiel dramatizes God's judgment of Jerusalem. The people will suffer famine, pestilence, the sword, and be scattered to the winds for all to see. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. To a group of Jewish captives in Babylon, Ezekiel acts out his fourth drama. They had turned a deaf ear to the words of the Lord. Therefore, God used Ezekiel's action sermons to get their attention and show them what he was about to do to Jerusalem. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 5. And you, son of man, take a sharp sword. Take it as a barber's razor and pass it over your head and your beard. Then take scales to weigh and divide the hair. You shall burn with fire one-third in the midst of the city when the days of the siege are finished. Then you shall take one-third and strike around it with the sword, and one-third you shall scatter in the wind. I will draw out a sword after them. You shall also take a small number of them and bind them in the edge of your garment. Then take some of them again and throw them into the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire. From there a fire will go out into all the house of Israel. What if you went to the barber for a shave and he pulled out a battle sword? That would be strange and scary. Now, as the people watched Ezekiel, he would take out a sword, sharpen it, and then cut his hair with it. Now, in that culture, facial hair was a big deal, and it was a disgrace for a man to lose his beard. Usually, when someone shaved, it was a sign of mourning, or it could be done in the fulfillment of the Nazarite vow. Ezekiel was a priest and had to be especially careful how he shaved and for what purpose. Leviticus 21.5 said the priests must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God, and must never bring shame on the name of God. So when Ezekiel shaved his head and beard, it would have drawn the attention of the onlookers. After cutting his hair, Ezekiel would then divide it into three parts and weigh it carefully on the scale to make sure that they were three equal parts. One-third He would burn in the middle of the model of Jerusalem that he had made on a clay tablet. One third of the hair he would cut up with the sword and one third of the hair he would scatter to the wind. But before casting that to the wind, Ezekiel would take a small number of those hairs and bind them in the fold of his garment. Now, in that day, they would wear long robes and pull up the hem and tuck it under their belt. This would give them freedom of movement, but also would form a pouch. And it was in this pouch that Ezekiel put the small number of hairs. Then some of these he would also throw into the fire. What did all of this mean? No doubt the onlookers were quite curious. Thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. 
She has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries that are all around her, for they have refused my judgments and they have not walked in my statutes. There could be no doubt that Ezekiel was acting out the fate of Jerusalem to these Babylonian captives. God had made Jerusalem the center of the nations, not necessarily geographically, but spiritually. The Lord intended that she would be a light to the Gentiles and that the nations would flock to Jerusalem to worship the holy sovereign Yahweh, who is above every idol and over everything that is called God. But Jerusalem had rebelled against God's judgments. She had thrown his commandments behind her back and worshiped other gods, committing spiritual adultery. She had done more wickedness than the pagan nations around her and the nations that God had driven out of the land of Canaan. Jerusalem had been the apple of God's eye and a special treasure among the inhabitants of the earth, but she had become especially evil. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have multiplied disobedience more than the nations that are all around you, have not walked in my statutes, nor kept my judgments, nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, indeed, I, even I, am against you and will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. And I will do among you what I have never done and the like of which I will never do again because of all your abominations." Therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers, and I will execute judgments among you, and all of you who remain, I will scatter to all the winds. So God would now execute judgments against Jerusalem in the sight of all the nations, and there would be no turning back. The time when repentance could have averted this disaster had passed. Now the Lord would do to them what he had never done before and would never do again because of her many abominations. During the Babylonian siege and resulting famine, the people would resort to the unthinkable horrors of cannibalism. This was prophesied in both Leviticus and Deuteronomy as one of the curses that would come upon Israel if they forsook the Lord. And then it was actually observed by Jeremiah in Lamentations 4.10. Tender-hearted women have cooked their own children. They have eaten them to survive the siege. Now those who survived this siege and the sword would be scattered to other nations as captives. Verse 11. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, surely because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations, therefore I will also diminish you. My eye will not spare, nor will I have any pity. One third of you shall die of the pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst. And one third shall fall by the sword all around you. And I will scatter another third to all the winds and I will draw out a sword after them. They had defiled 
the Lord's holy sanctuary by constructing pagan altars and worshiping their idols. God viewed this with no less disdain as when a man finds his wife sleeping in his bed with another man. God's eye would not spare his people, nor would he have any compassion on them. Now, Ezekiel gives here the meaning of the hair being divided into three parts. The first third that was burned in the fire represented those in Jerusalem during the siege. They would die by famine and pestilence. The second third represented those who would die by the Babylonian sword when the city walls were breached. Some would attempt to escape, but would be cut down. The last third would be scattered to foreign nations, and wherever they would go, they would be chased by the sword. Ezekiel had given a dramatic portrayal of the terrible fate of Jerusalem and its inhabitants. Thus shall my anger be spent, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be avenged, and they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal when I have spent my fury upon them. Moreover, I will make you a waste and a reproach among the nations that are all around you in the sight of all who pass by. In these terrible judgments, God would be avenged. You see, to whom much is given, much is required. God had given the Jews so much in the way of the covenant, the commandments, and the temple worship. But when they proved even more wicked than the nations around them, God had to avenge the holiness of his name. He must show the world that he judges impartially. God will only allow the pendulum to swing so far into wickedness before he brings judgment. If he didn't do this, then how would anyone be spared from the contagion and the consequences of wickedness? God would spend his fury on them in the sense that his holy wrath and indignation would be satisfied. Now, this was not a temper tantrum, but God's holy response to wickedness in the moral universe that he has created. I believe that the church today could use more of this holy indignation against sin, especially when we see what damage it does to the innocent. The Lord had intended that Israel would be his special treasure above all peoples. But instead, he would now make them a waste and reproach to the nations. Verse 15, So it shall be a reproach, a taunt, a lesson, and an astonishment to the nations that are all around you when I execute judgments among you in anger and in fury and in furious rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken when I send against them the terrible arrows of famine, which shall be for destruction, which I will send to destroy you, I will increase the famine upon you and cut off your supply of bread. So I will send against you famine and wild beasts, and they will bereave you. Pestilence and blood shall pass through you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken." And so the Lord stacked these shameful nouns upon Jerusalem, a reproach, a taunt, a lesson, an astonishment to all the nations. 
God would shoot four terrible arrows against them, famine, wild beasts, pestilence, and the sword. These are often mentioned in scripture as God's means for judging a nation. He concluded this prophecy by saying, I, the Lord, have spoken. In other words, God was making a solemn promise and he would not relent. Would we be horrified at what God did to Jerusalem so long ago and yet take no warning today? Hasn't God given the United States great blessings above all nations? Hasn't he made us a light among them? When I travel to other countries, America is considered to be a Christian nation. But are we really? The truth is that we have stubbornly refused to walk in the counsels of God. As Abraham Lincoln said, we have become intoxicated with unbroken success and vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. We have turned from righteousness and led the world in sexual immorality, godlessness, and materialism. When we call the destruction of an innocent human embryo a right, then what kind of values do we have? May God open our eyes. May he heal our backsliding and help us to turn to him before it is too late. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where Ezekiel is told the prophecy against the mountains of Israel. God will cast their corpses before their idols in the high places, and then they will know that He is the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible. 